Uh, I've got just a little message for you that I want to share this morning. Would you bow your heads in prayer with me this morning? Father, thank you so much for our kids. Uh, Lord, I thank you that you're raising up the next generation to love you and to walk with you all the days of their lives. Lord, I pray for the parents, Lord, the aunts, the uncles, and all of those that are helping raise the next generation. Lord, would you give them wisdom and guidance and direction, Lord, about how to train and discipline and encourage and cheer on, uh, Lord, the kids, uh, Lord, that, that you've given us the responsibility to care for. Uh, Lord, bless this amazing church, not just to be a church for now, but to be a church for generations to come. Lord, I thank you for all those that are here this morning. May we hear your voice in Jesus' name. And everybody agree with that, said amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I was thinking about the whole idea of the Christmas story that we just read and heard this morning, and I thought we'd dive into the passage real quickly, and it's out of Luke chapter 2. This is really familiar. Let me read this to you. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse number 8, it says this, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel assured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. When I was a kid, um, I loved to play hide-and-go-seek. Anybody used to play hide-and-go-seek as a kid? Anybody like to do that, right? I remember um, I lived with my grandma for a summer, and uh, I think we were in junior high, and we'd play hide-and-go-seek every single night. And you know the game, right? Uh, one person, they, they, uh, they hide their face, maybe at a tree or whatever it is, and they'll count maybe to 10 or 20 or 100, and everybody scatters, and they go hide, and then the one person goes out and tries to find that individual. I love playing that game. It never got old, and um, you're always trying to find uh, that, that one person that had the most difficult spot. Well, as I became a parent, uh, my kids didn't like that game. Uh, they didn't like uh, hide-and-go-seek at all. They had a new game that I had never played before. It's kind of a take on hide-and-go-seek. It's called Sardines. Anybody play sardines? Any young people play sardines? Any old people never heard of sardines before? Okay, look at all you old people. Keep your hands up. Turn around. Look, at these are all the old people. They don't know sardines. I did not know sardines either. It's a take on hide-and-seek, and sardines is simply this. It's reversed. So, in other words, what you have is that one person 
goes out and hides, and everybody else has to go find them. And when, the one, when one person finds the person that's hiding, they clump together, and they stay together, and they try to be as quiet as they can, and then what you have is like if you're playing with 10 people or 15 people or whatever, that clump grows and gets louder, and it's harder and harder to be quiet, and then eventually everybody finds somebody. And I, I kind of like that game. And as I was thinking about this idea of hide-and-seek and sardines, as I'm looking in the passage of Scripture, I kind of thought that really what happens, it's a game of sardines, not a game of hide-and-seek. I want you to think about this just for a second. So the shepherds are out in the fields at night, and all of a sudden this angelic host appears. And, and have you ever been in a place where it's been really, really dark, and all of a sudden somebody turns on the lights? You got, and, and your eyes are a little bit blinding, and you're a little bit confused, and you're trying to figure out what's going on. And, and this is what happens. All of a sudden, in the middle of the night, all the, the lights go on full tilt, and the, and the angel says, listen, you're, you're going you're gonna to have to go, and I think we missed this in the story, you're going to have to go and, what, and find the baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. So there, there's this baby, and you got to go find him. Now, as I was thinking about this, it wasn't like the angel, Gabriel, said, okay, you're, you're here in the fields, you're going to go down the road, you're going to get to Bethlehem, then you're going to go down Main Street, and you're going to turn left, and then at the big tree, turn right, and then behind like all of these things, you're, you're, you're going to go down a dirt road, and then behind this house, there's this barn, and behind the barn, there you're going to find the manger. That's not what happens. And it's not like the angel says, oh, oh, oh okay, you know what, that's going to be too difficult. Let me just give you a GPS, and I'll punch in the coordinates, and I'll let you find the baby. That, that's not what happens. The shepherds have no idea where the baby is. They just know the place. And I thought that's really interesting. Like, they've got all the shepherds together are on a hunt to try to find Jesus, the one who is the Savior of the world. Then I began to think about it just a little bit more. And I was like, you know what? We see this pattern repeated. And you, and you saw this here today in the pageant as well, that, that the wise men themselves, right? The wise men themselves, they see a star in the east. And it says in, in Matthew chapter 3, it says this, that Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About the same time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. Now, at some point, somewhere along the way, they saw the star, and they began following that star. Again, the same thing. The wise men had no idea where they were going. They, they didn't have coordinates. They didn't have an address. They didn't know the name of the parents. I mean, they literally had no clue. And as they followed this star uh, across the desert, and they're trying to find the place, they, 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 they kind of see the star maybe hovering over Jerusalem. It was the largest city in that place. And the, 
the largest, tallest, most grand building in that place was King Herod's temple. And they find their way to the temple, and they were, they were thinking, surely this is where the king of this star would be found. And so they, and of course we saw this play out today, that that's not where Jesus was born. And as they have a conversation with Herod, it says this in Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, it says this, that Herod told them, even Herod's telling them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. Again, there's this idea that they're on a search. They're on a quest. And this is my big point today. It's one simple point that I, I think all of us need to know, and that is that the wise men had to search carefully for Jesus, and the shepherds had to find Jesus. It wasn't difficult, but it wasn't plainly obvious either. And I think that's what happens in our own lives as well. That Jesus is available to every single one of you. And that he has a plan, a purpose, a destiny. He holds out hope and joy and peace. This is what Christmas is all about. That he wants to bring his light into the darkness of your world. But in a sense, it's like a game of sardines. He's not completely obvious, but yet he's very easily found. Just like the shepherds found Jesus and the wise men found Jesus, he is readily available to every single one of us. I was thinking about the shepherds. The, the shepherds themselves, they were kind of like the poor class, the lower class. They were, they were the ones that, 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 were, that had the job that no one else wanted. Uh, uh, most people, uh, theologians, understand like these shepherds, they weren't married. They weren't in relationships. They were out there by themselves, doing life all alone. They weren't able to integrate with society because they were always unclean. And, uh, and, and it was a difficult ungrateful, low-paying job. But the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords reveals himself to the lowly. And I just wonder today if there may be some of you out there that might feel like a shepherd. Like, like maybe you feel like you're just barely getting by. Or, or, or maybe you're, you're in a relationship that's, that, that's broken up. And you're having some challenges, some difficulties, like you're, you're faced with some conflict in your life. Or, 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 or maybe it's, it's like, like you, just, you just have difficulties like just even putting food on the table. It's, it's hard and difficult and challenging. And I want you to know that, that you today, that Jesus wants to reveal himself to you. That he's got a plan and a purpose for you, that, that he wants to provide for you, but not just in a physical sense. God wants to give you all of himself. He wants to fill you with joy and purpose that nothing and no one in the world can give except for himself. And then I, I love it because as we see in the story here, it's not just the shepherds that God's concerned about. It's not just the lowly. He's concerned about Johnson County as well. He's concerned about all of you that have everything that your heart really needs. For those of you that have money in a 401k, you've got two cars, you've got a house. Sure, you might have some car payments, but you've got lots of gifts under the tree. You have everything that you need, but in reality, 
the one thing that you really need, the thing that will only fill your heart, the thing that will close the hole that's in your heart, is the thing that only God can give. God is the only one that's going to be able to fill the longing in your heart, the ache that you have, the thing that just, that, that just doesn't satisfy you with things and money and possession. Those things, they may be happy, make you happy for a little bit, but they'll never fully satisfy. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ, he comes to satisfy the deep longings in your heart that money can never buy. This is what he has for you. Jesus, the King of Kings, he reveals himself to you. Sure, it might not be a big star in the sky, and it might not be an angel that appears that turns on the light, but Jesus Christ himself is searching for you. He reveals himself to you, and then he puts you on a quest to search for him. We find this all throughout the Old Testament. One of the prophets, Jeremiah, has this to share in Jeremiah chapter 29, 29, verses 11. It says this, the prophet says, as God is speaking through him, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. God has plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you future and a hope. And then God says, then you're going to call on me and come and pray to me. And I, God, will listen to you. And then in verse 13, it says this. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I will be found by you. Jesus reveals himself to you, but he asks that you go find him. And he's put signs in the heaven above. As we look at the stars in the sky, as we look at the cosmos, as we look at our own biology and the intricacies in which you are made, like that's not an accident. You are not an accident. The world in which we live is not an accident. It was created by God himself. You have a purpose created lovingly by God, and he sets you on a quest to search after him. I I wonder if you'd be willing this morning to start the journey to find Jesus, to discover the purpose that he has for you, because God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in Jesus wouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus doesn't just say that this world is all there is, is every single one of you, eternity awaits. Eternity is in the balance. You're either going to be with God forever, or you're going to be separated from him. And he sets you on a quest to discover real light, real life, and real love that this world can't give. Would you close your eyes in prayer with me this morning? I wonder if there's some here this morning that would maybe say, I need to begin that journey, that quest of searching after. I need to be like a shepherd. I need to be like a a wise person that is seeking after God. Maybe you don't have all the answers, but you know you need an answer. You need need a Savior that will fill the void in your life. This morning, Jesus has his arms open wide. Yes, he was born in a manger, but he went to the cross.
to pay for all of your mistakes and my mistakes, to pay for your shame and to pay for my shame. And he offers eternal life to all those who will commit themselves to following him. I wonder if there might be some here this morning that would raise their hand and say, yeah, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I might have everything or I have nothing, but I know that I need more than what I have right now. I wonder if that's you right now. You could just lift up your hand and say, yeah, that's me. Would you pray for me? And I'll pray for you right where you are. And I believe Christ will come into your life and make things new. I see that hand in the back. Anyone else that would raise their hand and say, yeah, that's me. I see that hand right there as well. Anyone else that would say, yeah, I see that hand. I see that hand. Yeah, I see that hand back there as well. Anyone else that would say, yeah, that's me. Oh, I see those two hands right there as well. Well, let's pray. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but if that's you, you pray this from your heart and and Jesus Christ himself will come in and fill you with his life. Church, just repeat after me as we have our eyes closed and our head bowed. Say, Jesus, I need you. I turn from my sins, and I'm going to follow you. I believe you died on a cross, and that you rose again to give me new life. Now come into my life and fill me with your love and your purpose in Jesus' name. Now, I just pray you would receive the Spirit of God right now in the name of Jesus as he comes in and you begin the search and the quest of following God all the days of your life in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Can we give God a great big hand and welcome those who have committed their lives to him this morning?